Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Exalt. Exalt are a brand that provide juices and shakes from all raw, fresh and natural ingredients, and they're designed by nutritional experts. They're a brand that actually reached out to me a couple of months ago. The first thing I did was Google what they're about and their mission, etc. And the first, the first line of their mission statement read, food fuels our physical, mental and emotional well-being. And straight away, I kind of knew that they're a brand that very much aligns with what we're about at Eat, Look, Feel. They have a strong focus on sustainability, the mission, the values, the people. They're just a genuinely very, very impressive brand. Throughout my coaching, I talk a lot about creating convenience and enjoyment through your nutrition to create sustainability. And I think what Exalt are doing is exactly that. They provide ready-to-drink shakes that are super convenient and full of good nutrition. So if you do see Exalt about, give them a go. I can genuinely recommend them, both the products and the brand. Welcome to the Eat, Look, Feel podcast. This podcast is here to delve into inspirational and aspirational guests' personal health, digging a little bit deeper into how they approach their nutrition, their training, and their mindset, all with the idea to create better for themselves. Please subscribe and please do share with anyone who you think might find this valuable. As usual, create better always, the Eat, Look, Feel team. This week's episode is with Edward Wilding. Ed is a male model who has worked for some of the biggest brands around the world and has more recently moved towards the self-development side of things, which has led to him creating his own self-development workshop. We delve into Ed's approach to health, how having a family has changed his view on health, and we dig deep into self-development and creating better. I think however far you are along your self-development journey, there will be some good takeaways from this. So without further ado, this is Edward Wilding. Ed, thank you for coming on, mate. I really do appreciate it. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate your time and I think everyone's going to benefit from this. Yeah, thank you very much. First question, you've probably heard it before. Mm. How would you define health? What does health look like to you? Yeah, well, uh, when you sent over the the little uh, sheet last night, I thought, because it's such a simple question, Dan, I want to give such a complex answer. Health, to me, I think a lot of people think of it as two parts, mental and physical. Uh, For me, I think there's a third part as well. I think the way that you experience your life, either physically or mentally and spiritually, is basically health, how well you're operating in all those three. Um, So let's say, for example, you experience life with an illness or sick or overweight, then we'd say that uh, you had poor physical health. If you experienced your life, let's say if you were very sad or depressed, as we call it, or you were living in fear or, or had anxiety, as we call that, uh, then we'd say that you had poor mental health. I think most people try and uh, cover those two, but personally, I think the, the third one, the spirituality, the, the spiritual part, is probably one of the most important in the fact that 
how do you see your life? How do you experience uh, life? What do you think life is? I think it's massively important if you believe that you have a purpose, if you believe that you're going somewhere. I think if you are lacking that third one, it can have a massive effect on the other two, uh, which people don't speak about a lot. Personally, I think health is good health is being at your best, at your optimum in all in all areas of your life uh, with no issues. You know, if you if you had a healthy car, for example, it would be running perfectly with no issues. Um, I think the same, the same with the physical human body. If it's running well, if it's thinking well, if it's acting well uh, and if it's experiencing life well, I think uh, I think you're healthy. Interesting. I really like the spin uh, <laughs> that you've put yeah. on that. And yeah, the, yeah the, the, the spiritual side of things is super interesting there because, like you said, I think the mental and physical side of health is the obvious and what everybody, yeah. what everyone talks about, the link between the two, how important they are, etc. But I guess it's kind of linked into the mental health, but I like how you've kind of like created your own facet for it. Uh, so, I mean, this is only over the last two years, year or so, that, that this part of it's come in, uh, the spiritual side. I think the mental side is more of how you think about yourself, your own opinion of yourself, you know, whether that's negative or positive or whatever. Whereas you could quite happily be going through life physically fit. You know, there's no issues there. You, uh, you're eating the right kind of foods. Uh, you're thinking, fine, you, you know, you, you might be confident you might be outgoing, you might be achieving certain goals. But then if there is no bigger bigger picture, bigger, a real reason being, I think you're missing a huge chunk of what life is, of what it really is. I think a lot of people do have it. I think a lot of people tend to think of the spiritual side as a, people often, you can call it a consciousness or the, the universe or God or whatever you call it. But I think once you get, once you get stuck into that kind of idea that there is a bigger a, a purpose, I think uh, everything comes together a lot better. The, the kind of like differentiation between the two there that I kind of pick up from what you say is that the mental health side of things is almost internalised and the spiritual health side of things is almost externalised in terms of where you're going and like an external absolutely. purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What? Well, we'll do. Let's 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 backtrack a little bit. Um, we'll come back to come back to things you've said there. But I want you to just introduce yourself a little bit. Let's just go back to obviously you know you, you've you've had a very successful modelling career, and now as you're moving towards the self development side of things, you have your own self development workshop, and you're I know you're currently writing a book. So just give us a brief introduction to you, how that all came about, um, and and your journey into those those different sort of aspects. Yeah, yeah. So the journey started. Uh, in Manchester, grew up in a place called Widdenshaw, which when it was built was the biggest council estate in Europe at the time. Lovely place, probably the best place in the world that I've ever been to visit. I've seen quite a few. Grew up in Manchester. Um, I got scouted for modelling when I was 19. Never left Manchester and sent off to London. Uh, so I went to the big bad city and didn't know anybody there and was very over uh, overwhelmed. Then got sent off all around the world modelling and got the opportunity, you know, to, to kind of see the whole world, uh, which I don't think a lot of people get to see, especially 
uh, from where I came from. Over the years, so, so it's been 10 years now, uh, I'm 30 now. Uh, looking back on it, I think I'm very fortunate to have had the experience that I've had. I don't take it as a, I don't take it for granted at all. And I think it's made me, uh, it's part of my journey and has shaped the person I am now has massively changed because of those experiences, if, if, if you know what I mean. Then, yeah, then four years ago, I started getting into self-development, uh, reading these books. I've always read since I started modeling, never read a book till 19. I read the last three pages of The Lord of the Flies, uh, I think in year 11 to try and pass my GCSEs, which obviously didn't work. But then the, th the first book I ever read was the book called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. And there was a friend of mine at the time when I'd, I think I just moved to London, said, oh, have you read this book? You know, give it a go. And so I read the book and decided to get it tattooed on me for some reason. That's so much of an impact it had on me. It, it was the first time I'd ever been introduced to the idea of the law of attraction or the, the idea that you can create your reality. Um, so up until that point, I was very much... I was reacting. I, I was reacting to the world rather than creating what I wanted to happen. If you know what I mean. Uh, I remember I read the book and I went home and I put uh, I put a picture on my wall. And at the time, it was saying these affirmations that you're saying. You know, if you put them on your wall and you see them every day, they'll start to come true. So I thought, what, what I forgot to lose? So I started putting things on the wall. They started coming true. This, you know, things started happening that I. I couldn't believe, you know, that, oh my God, I, I remember putting that down and things started happening. So that was the first time that I ever realised that there was, there was something to it. Um, so after that first book, oof, I went, I dived straight in trying to find it, read every book I could get my hands mm -hmm. on. Yeah, then got on to, from the spiritual side of it and the, the, the uh, consciousness side of it, went into the self-development, so the personal side you know uh, and discovered Jim Rohn and his books and uh, there was a quote that said um, and I've got it here on my wall it says the major key to my future is me uh, whatever happens whatever position I am I am in now and, and you're in now and whoever's listening whatever position they're in now is only a result of whatever they've done in their past uh, whether it's good whether it's bad whatever they've ended up where they are I also have another uh, sticker on my wall in five years i'm going to arrive somewhere but where you know in five years i'll be 35 years old i'll be somewhere i'll be doing something but what is that and where is it you know uh, once i realized that was totally up to me it blew my mind you know uh, i'd never thought of it like that. i always thought i hope i'll be doing this at 35 or i hope i'll be here or, you know you, you just cross your fingers and hope for it uh, once I decided that you can design your life and that once you do start to design it and have a plan, you start to create whatever you want. You know, you, you can be whoever you want and get whatever you want. So, yeah. So now I've I also read another thing that said you should study, practice and then teach whatever it is you do. If it's piano, study it and you practice it, go and teach it to somebody afterwards. Because the teaching is the best part, I believe. It not only reassures you of what you know, but it's also a great way to, to give other people, you know, and I think if somebody, that well, there has been a lot of people who've come to me over the years and planted tiny little seeds that at the time seemed like nothing, but then looking back years later, you go, wow, this guy's, this guy, that, uh, let's say the secret, for example, 
whoever gave me that book at the time surely didn't know how much of an impact it would have on my my future. So yeah, so after 10 years of reading and studying and, and going on to this, I've decided to find out what my purpose was. I've been modeling for this time. I've been very fortunate enough to, to see the world and earn good money doing it. Now I've got kids. And although modeling pays the bills and it's great, it's not my purpose. You know, I didn't dream of being a, a fashion model when I was a kid or, you know, seen posters of myself. So I went discovering what, what is my purpose? What do I want to do? What, what's, uh, what's the next chapter in my life? And it made sense. Why not teach everything I've been learning over the last 10 years? So I decided to start the self-development workshop. I was lucky enough to, to have a friend of mine who owns a, a large business. He, um, he owns petrol stations, uh, loads of them. So he has a lot of staff that work for him and a lot of managers as well. And he, every time we speak, we're always, the conversations are always about improvement and self-development. And he asked me, he said, you know, would you come in and do a talk? So obviously I've shit my pants because I, I, I hate speaking in front of people. <laughs> and I, so I put together an hour. I said, look, I'm going to, I'll make it an hour. And if any more than that, if you're not into it, you'll get bogged down. If you are into it, you'll then ask for a bit more. But I didn't want to bog anyone down with it. So I made it an hour, short, sharp, and split it into seven sections. Uh, have you got on there, Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go into those. Go, go on, you. So we've got attitude, confidence, goal setting, habits, money, health, and happiness. Yeah. They're the seven, so, they're the seven topics. So do you want to, do you want to take us through each one and just sort of briefly give us a, so let's say, let's say someone's on their health development journey, right? Similar to what you've just, similar to what you've just explained. And I think there's a lot, I mean, I took a lot from what you just said in terms of, and I resonated with it massively, particularly with the reacting to life rather than yeah. creating life. And I think, like, you know, I think everybody goes through that stage. I really do. And even, to be honest, even on this podcast, everyone I've spoke to, has at some point, usually I reckon mid twenties for most people, but everyone everyone gets there at a different stage. You kind of something just something just clicks, right? And like you said, then you go into you start working out. You know, right? This isn't me. This is me. Blah blah blah. And I think that's a really good takeaway. And I think what could be really powerful is someone that's listening here. I mean, to be honest, if they're listening to this podcast, then they're probably into the self development side of things. So yeah, let's go through let's go through these seven topics you know so well. And if you, if we could just give like a brief, how you think these sort of areas can help someone on their self-development journey, I think that could be yeah. super powerful for, for, for people to take away. So yeah. the first one, the first one I've got down here is attitude. So how does attitude, how does your attitude affect your self-development or your, your, your personal development? Yeah. So when I did the, when I thought about planning this, uh, this workshop, it's like a presentation, for example, uh, you know, and the plan was to go in and, and still is to go into school and teach this to kids where I think it's most, most needed, you know, and I think the younger you can get people, the, the, the better. The, the only trouble is when you're younger, and if someone would have said the word self-development to me at 15, you know, I would have, it would have gone straight over my head. But well, the first one, what I wanted to do is to try and create the the journey along it. So attitude was the first one. Just understanding the attitude that you take towards uh, your job, uh, your, yourself, uh, other people. If your attitude is negative, you will never get anything positive out of life. That's how the system works, you know. 
over the years I've noticed that there's a, a very life is a very easy game to play once you figure out the system. Life is polarities. Um, you can't have an up without a down. Uh, you can't have an inside without an outside. You can't have sadness without happiness. Everything's a scale, which is good to know if you're trying to improve yourself because you can measure yourself on the scale. So, yeah, so your attitude, if your attitude is bad, there's many different ways to have a bad attitude, but if your attitude is negative and it's normally negative towards yourself, once you feel negative towards yourself, then you normally, whatever you project onto other people is probably how you're feeling inside. Uh, I say to the kids all the time, if there's someone at school who's not being nice to others, why do you think that is? You know, I ask them just to try and let them figure it out first. So the attitude was the first one. The first part of the workshop was trying to get people to realise, hang on, maybe, maybe I could work on that. Because that's the first one. Uh, I think the ego gets in the way of a lot of people. Uh, yeah. You know, if you say you need help, I don't need help. You know, I'm all right. You know, once you can get into that, which is an art getting into it, and, and especially with different people. Some people you can call them out and say it and it'll, it'll work. Some people you have to manipulate them into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once you get past that, then you can begin the process of improving yourself. Once you realise you need improvement, what I made them do is I, I drew a box, right, and I made them all drew out a box. There's 15 managers in this first workshop, and I said, shade in the box. I called it the full potential box. Shade in that box the amount of potential that you feel that you're using in your life right now. Uh, so first we went over what potential is, and I got on to answer the question the most that you can give them the best that you can be then i asked them to shade it in and i was waiting to see if anyone shaded it in full which which i knew they wouldn't because i don't think anybody genuinely does believe i don't i certainly know i'm not at my potential yet and if you do believe you're at your potential you've got no room for improvement so i let them all shade in the box uh most of it was halfway you know and these these guys were in the 40s and 50s these guys so then the second question I asked was, do you want to improve this? You know, do you want to improve your potential and get better? Once they did, then we could get into it. Then we went on to the second section, which was, you remind me? Confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we went into confidence, which I think if you have a lack of confidence, if you have a lack of faith or belief in whatever it is, whether it's yourself, whether it's the world, whether it's others, you, you're pissing in the wind, in lack of a better one you're going to struggle if you don't believe in yourself nobody else will ever believe in you and it's and it's uh, it's obvious you know uh, again i say to the kids i asked somebody do you reckon i asked i think it was my son that led i said uh, can you do this he says no i said correct you know baffle uh, trying to baffle it what do you mean you know i said of course you can't do it you don't think you can do it if you don't think you can do it you're never going to do it you know uh, what you believe is what you become you know and there's a great awesome. quote as a man as a man thinks so he will become uh, and a woman but yeah so the second one was confidence now confidence is confidence depending at where you're at in your life the older you are if you've got low confidence is is a it's harder to change that best time to to learn confidence is young Whatever you learn from a young age is normally what you carry on to tend to take into into the rest of your life. How would you address someone who struggles for self-confidence? Do you think there's ways you can improve your self-confidence? Say say you didn't learn it as an early child. One thing I, I actually I can't for the life of me think who it is. I've been trying to think, but I heard someone talking the other day and they were they explaining confidence as 
essentially the promises that you make yourself. So your, your, your self-confidence is completely built up of the promises. Are you keeping the promises that you make yourself? 100%. Because if you're keeping well, the promises just... you make yourself, and then a way to work on that is always do one more. So yeah. whatever it is that you're doing in life, do one more. Because then, 100%. so for instance, if you're doing, I don't know, reps in the gym, do one more. If you're doing, if you, you tell yourself you're going to do a workout this week, do one more. If you're going to read a book and you're going to read this amount of chapters or pages, do one more. And it's yep. that you're just, you're like reprogramming that sort of self-belief and that belief in your own sort of abilities. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But it's so simple, isn't it? You know, the, 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 the best thing about it all is, is, is how simple it is. But if you're not confident as something, do it. That's my thing. If, you know, if you're not confident at public speaking, go and speak in front of public, in front of people. You know, if you're not confident at fighting in, in a boxing ring, go and fight in a box. You might get beat up for the first one, but there's only one way to build confidence. Yeah. And that's to get comfortable, at, you know, and, and do it more often. But I think that confidence it's like a snowboard you know like a rolling down a hill 100 it, it starts small and it's quite hard to see it ever gonna change but if you carry on and keep going and, and, and persevere all of a sudden poof, you know but there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance as well uh, i think a lot of people replace uh, a lack of confidence for arrogance which will do you more harm than good Confidence is something you should keep to yourself, I believe. It's something that you should know in your head you, what you are and not have to say it, but show it. You know, confidence should be shown rather than told. Because yeah. when you do that, then you know you're truly confident. Uh, anybody can say, oh, yeah, uh, I'm great at this. And then get the satisfaction from someone who'd be believing that you're good at it. And you might trick yourself into believing you are. Whereas if you show me you're good at it, Everybody knows then. Everybody knows where the truth. <laughs> it goes back to keeping those promises to yourself. You know deep down what you're good at as a man, right? Or as a, as a person. You know what you're good at. You know what you're not good at. If you're telling yourself you're yeah. good at something that you're not good at, it's going to catch up with you. It will. 100%. But that's also the game, you know. The game is as well. The battle is is against, is against you. And I think it now, I, I remember uh, 25, I, I thought I was clued up on loads of things. If I had a conversation with myself at 25 now, I'd, I'd be embarrassed to look at myself. Do you know what I mean? I actually think there's a lot of value in that as well, because I had this conversation with somebody the other day. And I think, you know what? If you don't look back at yourself from five years ago and think, oh, I'm literally a different person, then you're probably yeah. doing something wrong. Like, so there is an element in actually, there's actually a beauty, if you like, if, for, for, for lack of a better word, of looking back at yourself and going, oh, I was literally... A different person it's like you should be because yeah. like you say you, is, you're constantly developing you should be a different person like you say there's a problem if you're not that's the game so moving on mate let's go towards point three that you talk about which is goal setting exactly what we just said you know i remember i sat i opened up with a within an analogy about i said if you can imagine a captain of a ship set out to sea but he's got no destination where he needs to be heading and i asked him i said you know where's this where's this ship going to arrive where's this vessel i called it a vessel because i wanted it to relate to this vessel i think once people realize that this is a vessel and we're in we're the captain of it mm -hmm. and, and of where it goes and how it thinks so i said if if the captain of a ship didn't know where he was going i had no destination i said in 10 years time where do you think this guy would be up and end up you know he'd be floating around drifting somewhere in the sea i said exactly i said it's the same in your life you know if you don't have any destination or any goals or any 
purpose or any ambition or whatever you want to call it, if you don't have it, how do you know that you're on track? How do you know where you're going? How do you, you know, as simple as that, you know, there's loads of different goals. And and I, and I did a, a goal spreadsheet, you know, we did a zero to one year goals, short term that you can change quick and fast uh, because the short goals give you the confidence to, to go after the bigger ones, I believe. We can all say in 10 years time, I want to be here, but in three weeks time, you forgot about that unless you've put it on your wall and you're looking at it every day, it's gone. The short term goals, the instant ones, uh, that you can do, build so much confidence. Oh my God, I've done this one. Tick. I've done that one. Tick. Right. Let's get serious now. What else can I, if I can do them, what else can I do? And it goes back to confidence. Goals are the goals are what drag you through life. If you're not focusing on goals and the future, then you're normally focusing on the past. And the, the, you know, and obviously you've got to be in the present as well. But without anything to look forward to or to, to aim at, it's so easy to just drift, I think, which I think causes a lot of people to be unhappy. Now let's yeah. move forward to the next one, which is your habits. I mean, I know these are all so interlinked, but your habits. So why are they important if you were to, if you were sort of to look into you know, self-develop, improve your sort of personal development? Why are habits so important? Your habits are you. Your habits mm-hmm. are your life. Your habits, your habits are your routine, okay? So if I was to, if I was to say, if I was to smoke one cigarette when I was 15 and never smoke again, if somebody asked if I was a smoker, I'd say, no, of of course not. If I smoked one cigarette every day, though, and someone asked if I was a smoker, I'd say, yeah, I was a smoker, you know. So whatever you do in your day is what you become. Mm -hmm. Your habits, I think people don't understand how serious or destructive bad habits can be. In the sense that, let's say, for example, sitting on your phone, you know, if you made it a habit, which is quite easy to do, sitting on your phone for an hour a day, looking at shite, you've lost a lot of your life there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but when you think of it on a small day to day, it's nothing, is it? You know, it's an hour. What's an hour? I think your habits are so important because that's, that is the kind of person you'll become. Good habits will produce a good life. Bad habits will produce a bad life. It's so simple. The problem is you've got to be honest with yourself. You can you can try and tell anybody all this stuff. You can try and tell anybody anything. You've got to want it yourself. You've got to want to want to want to change. A lot of people say they want to change and don't. A lot of people say they don't want to change and, and don't. And, and that's fair enough. But I think if you genuinely want to uh, improve yourself, your habits are the first place to start. I, I've got a diary now. For the past three years, I've wrote down every single thing that I've done every hour. Every, every hour every day i could i could open up my diary to this time this exact hour uh two years ago and tell you what i was doing mm-hmm. it's just a little hat it takes me 10 minutes at the end of a day to write down blah, 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 did this one here but i can see it i can see where i'm going wrong i can see where i'm going right i can see where i've watched movies i can see where i've read books i can see, you know what i mean it, it's mm-hmm. there it's 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 tracked and when i'm writing it down as well I also know, is that the kind of day I want to want to have? You know, I write down the time I've woke up every day. It's on the, on the top of the thing. It's, it's like a game of play. If it's, if, if it's after 6am when I've woke up, I feel like I've cheated myself. You know what I mean? It's just a little game of play. But it's just these, these habits, you know. I think with, with habits specifically, it's, it's about getting them working for you. And I think that's where there's, I mean, obviously, you know, my, my expertise is the health space and um, more than the sort of psychological, but I can see how they're so, they're so interlinked and it's, 
You know, it's such a powerful tool getting your habits just working for you. Essentially, I think if you're fighting against your habits, you're playing a losing game because eventually you're gonna, it's going to catch up with you, right? You can, you can try and fight against your life design and your habits, but there's going to be an end point. Whereas if you've got your habits working with you, aligning with your goals, that's where the real power lies in, well, specifically sort of health, but even digging deeper into the psychological side of things as well. Let's go on to the next one, mate. Money. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think if you're born into a system where money is so important, which it is, um, you, you best know how to play the game, um, for your own sake, for your family's sake, for your, for your, for your kids' sake, whatever. You've got to know how the game works. I think there's two sections of money. There's earning it and then there's looking after it. If you're good at the latter, if you're good at looking after it, you don't need to work too hard on how much you earn. I think somebody who earns less money, but can look after it will do better in life than someone who earns a lot of money and doesn't know how to look after it. Mm -hmm. So the money section wasn't necessarily on the greediness. You know, I don't yeah. believe that's, I think everybody, everybody should figure out what they're, what they're comfortable with, you know, living at and then financial independence where you can keep that amount coming in without having to work, you know, from your own resources, let's say. So the money section was about, and I think it's most important for kids, especially teenagers who are about to leave school and in, and, and in university where nobody's teaching them how to look after the money. Mm -hmm. Unless you've got a mum or dad who's, who's clued up enough to say, do this, you're on your own, you know, and it's quite easy to fall into the, to, to the, to the habit, which it is, of I earn this much a month, I'm going to spend that much a month. So yeah, so the, so the importance was that was, uh, investing and there was also I, I talked I think it was Jim Rohns who says it was the 70 10 10 10 70 percent of your income whatever's coming in that's what you spend that's yours to keep 10 percent goes to capital the other 10 percent uh, for investing put it away put it into something let it grow put it in a pot and then the other 10 percent give it away which I think is massively important and I think not not once people start to realise how important it is when you start to give things away, not just money, but everything, everyone will do it a lot more, I think. Um, I think if you are in a position, yeah, I think if you're in a position to to give something, whether it's your time, uh, whether it's your money, whether it's your advice, whatever it is, it says so much about you. I remember reading uh, Rockefeller, the original Rockefeller, mm -hmm. John D. When he died, he died. I can't remember how old he was when he died. When he died, he looked in his drawer and his in his desk, and he was a multi-billionaire at the time for through oil, uh, the richest man in the world at the time. And in his desk was a little note. He says, "The first half of my life, I'm going to accumulate as much money as I can. The second half, I'm going to give it all away." That was his goal. I've got one on my wall. It says, "Get as much as you can and give as much as you can." 
And is that from my, that, that, that's, I, I mean, I absolutely love it, mate. And I, is it from a fulfillment point of view? So maybe I'm wording this wrong, but do you think it's almost like a selfish move as in the way you're, like you say, you're giving things away? Is it to, to genuinely help those people or is it also internalized because it, that's what fires you and gives you the, the sort of fuel to the fire? Um, yeah, both. Both. Yeah. And it, but I think it's selfish to not earn as much as you can. Selfish because let's say your fam let's say one day you one of your family members rang you up and said i'm a, I'm in a bit of trouble. Can you help me mm. uh, financially or whatever? I think it's more selfish when you say you can't than saying you can. I think everybody's duty should be to if you can do better, should you if you can do better at whatever you can, should you do better and I'm obviously yeah mm. you know money money won't make you happy. But it will make somebody else happy, which could make you happy if you give it them or if you share it or if you can uh, start a, a youth club or whatever you want to do. You know, it's, it's, it's a means to a, to a, it's a solution to a problem and it won't fix every problem, but it can fix a lot of problems, I think. So more, so that's, that's the why I think money's, you give the more you get. Uh-huh. It's so, it's so true. I've got me, my dad's. My dad's quote up there. You only get out what you put in. I really like that you include a money side into the self-development because I think it's, and actually this is something that I think is going to change massively in like the health space is it's kind of a bit of a taboo topic. No one really Mm. wants to talk about sort of the, the financial sort of facet of health and how being financially stable, like, or being, let's say, financially unstable can have such profound effects on sort of physical and mental health. And I don't know why, but there's almost like a taboo where you can talk about everything, but as soon as someone talks about money, but I I feel like there's within, particularly within the health space, it's just a very underutilized topic and something that people don't want to talk about, but actually causes a lot of problem and potentially a lot of good as well. I think that, I think the problem is with money is that it, it's normally people who have got loads of it that want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes, a, then it becomes a show-off thing, an ego thing, you know. I think there is an element of that massively. But then I also think, and I heard, I can't remember, again, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Stephen Bartlett and he said the same thing. And he was like, someone, everybody always says to me, oh, it's easy to sit there and say money doesn't buy you happiness when, you know, you, you have money. Of course it is. But then at the same time, I feel like you have to, you have to have achieved that to be in a, space to say of course you have to have experienced that to be in a position to be able to it's like it's the same with like physical shape when you're in a certain physical shape and then you say oh trust me when you get a six pack your life's not going to change i promise you you're not you're not like you're not going to be happier if you get that six pack they say yeah it's easy for you to say because you've got a six pack but yeah. you have to you have to go through that process do you know what i mean to, to be in to have the experience to be able to talk about it jim carrey he says i wish everybody could become rich and famous just to realise that they don't want to be rich and famous. Precisely. Uh, is, and and, I, and, I, and I, I th- like I said before, I think there's a certain beauty in, in keeping things private or all areas of your life. Yep. Um, but it's better to keep something private when it's going well than it is when it's going wrong. Uh, I think if it's going wrong, then you need to talk. You you only have the luxury of keeping it private when it's going well. Otherwise, it's quite easy to go down a spiral, isn't it? 
Um, that's really yeah. interesting concept. Actually, I never thought about that because I guess what you're what you're saying as well is that as humans, we tend to, and this is very generically speaking, but we tend to do the opposite. When something's going well, it's easy to share, right? It's easy to talk about. It's easy to shout about it. As soon as something's going badly, especially these days, well, that's it. And then when 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 something's going badly or providing worry, you go inside yourself. It's, you don't want to talk about those sort of things. Health was simple. Health are trying to keep quite basic. Yeah. Um, are you talking more uh, physical it? health now? Well, it was just the physical, and I and I uh, because they used uh, because they worked at petrol stations. I came up with an analogy. So I asked them, I said, okay, I said, has anybody ever been on the forecourt uh, and put petrol in a diesel car? You know, so they've all said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I said, does that person come into the shop in a bit of a panic or do they seem all right? So they said, no, no, they're coming worrying. I said, what difference does it make whether they've put diesel in a petrol? Um, so I'm getting to it. So someone said, well, the car won't work. I said, the exact same thing with your body. If you put the wrong fuel in this this machine, this vehicle, you're going to come into some issues. It's your job to find out what what works and what doesn't. Now you're talking my life. Have an ice cream if you want an ice cream. Mate, 100%. And, you know, I'm sure everybody is bored to death of me telling them the power of personal nutrition, but it's such a powerful tool. Like you said, food is your fuel. Food is everything that you put in your body. If you can get that right, and I just, I actually don't believe many people really understand how good they can feel if they get it right you know it might yeah. take working with a coach it might take a bit of say trial and error it might take a little bit more of playing around with things rather than just choosing the easy option every time but if you can truly get your nutrition working for you both if you have health goals but just in terms of general life and illness mm -hmm. and health and skin health and gut health and it, there's so much to this game and it all stems mm -hmm. from just getting that personal nutrition correct like we said, it's all connected. You know, your mind, if you do a lot of worrying in here, you'll start to see a lot of diseases start to happen in the physical. You know, they're both very, very much part of the same system. Yeah. But yeah, you know, um, then, uh, so that was the diet. Then there was the exercise, which is common sense. And then the mental health, we uh, I, uh, brushed upon it. But I think, yeah, the mental health side of it is everything else as well, you know, that we've talked about Um it's a system. It's a. It's a. It's something that needs fine tuning, you know. And if you have certain things in place, let's say a car engine, for example, when you tune a car engine, you make sure every every valve is lifting up at the right spot. Everything's it, the engine's working sweet, you know. And the same with your mind. If you can get every section, if your confidence is well, if your attitude's well, if your if your habits are there, if your goals are there, all of a sudden, boof, you know, everything's coming together. I think the mental health side of it, I think one of the biggest, I don't know if it's a misconception, but around mental health is that we, because it's intangible, it's in your head, it's not, it's not on paper. You can't look at someone and say, you know, you're, you're unhealthy mentally, but you can look at someone and say you're unhealthy physically. So we have this, like with our physical health, we have this like kind of this tangible way of approaching it where you can improve your physical health. But I think there's more warnings, I think. Is that, well, you, I just you, think we you, get lost with mental health. Yep. So we kind of like, yep. you kind of, you, you almost pigeonhole yourself. So on the tougher days, it's almost like, oh yeah, my mental health's bad. It's like, but we can improve this. This is something that in exactly the same way as your physical health, you know, like eat less, move more, for instance, if, if losing weight's your goal, fine. Right. How can you yeah. improve your mental health? 
I just feel like we very much pigeonhole mental health as it's either good or bad. It's not a, but it's, it's, a, it's a complete work in progress. With the mental side of it, it's quite easy to, 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 to say, oh, I just, this is how I always feel. Uh, this is how I always act. This is how I always, um, or oh, this stuff always happens to me. That's the best one, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you take the, people take the victim approach, you know. In life, there's going to be victims and then there's going to be attackers. In life, we see it. And I, and I think there's a, another quote I have is, you're attacking life or life's going to attack you. Either you are attacking disease or disease is going to attack you. It's so simple. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about whether you're, are you reacting to life or are you creating life? Are you, are you going out there and so, doing you? Or are you running just- away? Or are you just yeah. dealing with are you running away and scared? what the day-to-day brings? You're just getting through, you're dealing with it, you're, you're reacting to it. Or are you going out there and going, right, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to... I've had it right myself where I've woke up, right, I felt awful, right, like something bad's going to happen, right? Um, I can relate to how people say they've got anxiety and stuff like that. I can't, I, only recently, I had this one day, same amount of money in the bank as the day before. <laughs> Same fitness as the day before. Everyone else in the family's happy. And I woke up, I had this feeling inside, shit, what, what, what's wrong? You know what I mean? So um, the best thing was I knew what it was. As well as you can have good thoughts planted in, right? Good ideas. Sometimes I'll sit there and I'll have a banging idea. Bastard, I have a thought of that. I need to write that down. You can have bad ones as well. Mm-hmm. You can have bad things planted in, I think. You know, uh, doubts. Imposter syndrome yeah. that we spoke about last yeah. time. You know, you don't think you, you, you're good enough. Mm-hmm. They only become a problem when you believe it. It's almost a perception thing. So it's completely <laughs> about how you perceive these things. And yep. like you said, you're going to get, you're going to have negative thoughts. There's two days, you've got everything's exactly, you know, financially you're the same. Your kid's health yep. is the same. Your health yep. is the same. But what's yep. changing? What you're, you're perceiving things differently. And it's, it's in the analogy that I it's always the love. Yeah, the analogy that I always love about perception is that if you serve a slightly overcooked steak in a Mayfair restaurant, it gets mm. sent back. You serve a slightly overcooked steak to a poor family in a third world country, they could not mm. be more grateful. They would be over the moon. And what is it? It's, it's a perception mm. thing. What yeah. you're expecting, it's an expectation, it's a perception. 100%. The steak hasn't yeah. changed. I also think it works on the opposite as well, though, with people where if you were in a Mayfair restaurant and someone brought out an overcooked steak, some people might sit there and go, that was unbelievable <laughs> because it's been cooked by somebody who's supposed to be the best. Branded. You know, life is just, life is full of whatever you, whatever reality, you know, there was a great one. Um, my favourite film as a kid was The Truman Shop. Yeah, you know, yeah, with with uh, think Jim Carrey so he's yeah and there's a point in it where the director of the show is called Christos and he lives in the moon or he, it, that's where the studio is yeah. the, the cutting room and they're interviewing him and they're saying why doesn't Truman realise that he's in a he's in a he's in a TV show and he just comes out with this one line and he says because we accept the reality with which we're presented if you accept bad thoughts into your head they will keep showing up. If you accept people to push you around, they will keep pushing you around. If you accept anything in life, 
you're saying it's okay. Uh, what you've got to do is is say no, I, I don't accept it. You know, it's harder said than done. Obviously, it's practice. The best one I do is um, I say I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am happy, and I keep saying if if I'm ever feeling if I've ever got doubt or oh, I'm struggling here or whatever, mm-hmm. because I know I am wealthy, not in a sense that I'm a millionaire. Wealthy in the fact that I've got everything I need. Yeah. And I could lose every penny I've got and still have every, everything I need, mm-hmm. you know. Happy. I'm happy. Happy is your choice. Happiness so is it. completely up to you. Yeah. There we go. What, what a little... Uh, a little intro. You planned that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, so then the last section was uh, happiness, mm-hmm. which is, I think, if you asked everybody what their main objective of their life is, is to be happy. Big, broad spectrum is many ways of getting there there's many ways of uh, not getting there as well mm-hmm. um, but i think if you asked anybody you know their main goal is happiness what i did say in the in the workshop was happiness is not a destination you cannot it's not a place to arrive at same with uh, yeah same with wealth you know wealth isn't a destination yeah it's not a number you know wealth wealth is a feeling uh, you know the- wealth is an emotion so when you say happiness isn't yeah, a um, when you say happiness isn't a destination, is that are you mm. sort of alluding to the fact that it's about the journey? Absolutely. And if you think if you think a you're long... going to get there one day, and it's a constant work in progress, so you think you're just going to one day wake up and be like, "That's it," you know, happiness. Hundred percent. Never going to come. And, and you never will. Happiness isn't a place to arrive at. You've got to be content and happy right now. Obviously, life is a journey. On any journey. There's, there's good times and bad times. Mm-hmm. I think if you're having more good times than bad times, you're doing all right. I think if you're having any bad times, you need to realise that they will change. They don't last forever. Most people will have a point in their life that they can think back to that was awful, you know, whatever it, that situation might be. A fight, for example, you know, I say to the kids, I run a boxing gym, and I say to the kids, a fight, for example, if you can think back to it, how, how you felt during it, whether you're scared out your mind or whatever, it lasted about five minutes. In a grand scheme of your life, while you were in that fight, you were probably thinking that was everything. Your life's over. Oh, my God. It's never going to end. It ends. Everything ends. You can't have a start without an end. It goes back to the polarity. Everything ends. Uh, good times end. And bad times, and I think you've got to realise that if you are in a bad situation, uh, it's going to end. When it ends, is completely up to you, mm-hmm. uh, and it's your and it is your job to make sure it ends as quick as possible. Whether that's by reminding yourself of all the good things that are going on, and just trying to switch switch it. You, you can't be a negative and positive at the same time. You've either got to be one or the other. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Uh, I think there's so much yeah. to take away. Like I said, for anyone who's on their their sort of, edit half of that. <laughs> anyone who's on their own sort of self development journey, I think that's yeah. like a really really good place to start, mate. I appreciate you sharing. Touch very briefly on. I know you're writing your own book. Can you tell us roughly what the Cornerman is about? Of course, you can. It's about. So it's a novel. Uh, like I said, I've, uh, I've only started reading these novels recently. I've always read more doers you want to improve your life read these books you know that very put in place books whereas a novel that teaches a story 
can let your imagination go as well. And I think your imagination is so important going back to whatever you imagine you are or whatever you can you can think of, you will become. So, yeah, so I've decided to write um, a book myself. It's about, it's called The Cornerman. It's about a man, an old man uh, who's in his 80s, who takes takes a, a young lad under his wing. The young guy, him and his mates, and throw a stone through... Um, through a window messing around they're only kids and it happens to be the winner of this window of this boxing gym ends up meeting this guy and he gives him an option you know he says you can either you know we'll, we'll we'll go to the police or you can come and pay for the window by working at the gym and doing and helping with some chores so the character bob is based is the cornerman his name is bob who's based on figures that i've met throughout my life in boxing gyms in normal gyms in work environments but older figures who've rather than try and belittle you i've took you under the wing uh, and tried to teach you something something that they've picked up themselves and tried to pass it down which i think is so important so this character is a combination of that anyway it gets him into the gym and slowly uh, starts teaching him not just about boxing but about life as well and the lessons that he teaches him are all intertwined so anybody can read it you don't just have to be into boxing but the, the main reason i wanted to make it about boxing was to try and get people who might not read into reading mm-hmm. uh, which are young young lads young teenage lads who i certainly wasn't reading when i was a teenager mainly because None of my mates were, mainly because I didn't know what to read, mainly because I probably couldn't read that well either. But yeah, the idea is to try and reach the right audience with it. And hopefully, if there's one line that someone takes from the book and it helps with their life, it'll be worth every minute that I've spent on the thing, you know. You know I can't wait. You've, well, you've got, you've we'll got one pre-order guaranteed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really yeah, looking forward to that. I can't wait. I am. Yeah. So... Final question we ask everybody is what is the ultimate goal with your personal health? So I know we've delved into health quite deep. What's the ultimate goal for you? Health-wise, my ultimate goal is to reach a good enough number of years in my life and this vehicle has done me well over those years. Whatever that is, you know, uh, uh, nobody knows their number. But the idea, I always say to the kids, how many bodies do you get? And the answer is one. It's got to last you your whole life. Um, people, people, I see people who take better care of the cars than they do of their own bodies mm-hmm. um, because I don't think they understand how important it is, uh, which I think comes with age. And I think... I'm sure once you get to 60 and things start tightening up and you start hobbling around, mm-hmm. you'll start to take it uh, a bit more serious. But I think the best the best cure for anything is in the prevention, the best from preventing it from ever happening in the first place. So yeah, uh, feed it the right things, push it enough that it works. When you look after things, they look after you and I think it's the same with your body. Uh, Ed, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, mate. No, thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you.